I want us to talk about Sunday. Let's talk about the Sunday gathering and what that looks like uh, for Send Network and all the diversity we are as a network. Family, multiplication, restoration. I'm Dahadi Lewis. Join me, Noah Odom and Hayden Radden, as we come to you from Atlanta, St. Louis, and Las Vegas, as we seek to add value to your church planning journey. We'll have real-time, authentic conversations that are relevant to the life of the church planner and pastor. Join us as we hear from leaders of this movement from across North America and discover what it really takes to plant churches everywhere for everyone. Welcome to another episode of the We Are Send Network podcast. I am Noah Oldham from August Gate Church in St. Louis, joined as always by Dahadi Lewis, the lead pastor of Blueprint Church in Atlanta, Georgia, and Hayden Ratner, the senior pastor of Walk Church in Las Vegas, Nevada. Excited to jump in today. Brothers, how are you feeling? What's up? I'm doing well. Looking, I'm ready. I'm excited. I'm excited for today. It's a new season, man. A new season for our country, a new season for our culture, and a new season for the church to to be the church. Excited about that. Hayden, how you feeling, man, out in Las Vegas right now? Amen. I'm feeling good out here. Weather has been good. I don't want to shade anybody who's in snow or wearing a big puffy jacket right now. It has been some good days here in Las Vegas. Our church is doing a series called Deepen, where we're asking God to take us beyond the surface to go deeper with him. 21 days of prayer and fasting. People are leaning in, doing it. And so, yeah, other than that, James Harden is now a Brooklyn Net. I'm cool with that as well. So we're making moves. Let's go. I thought James Harden was going to join a football team. He was putting on some bulk. I thought he was going to play some football, but okay. Facts. Awesome, guys. Well, guys, let's, let's dive in today. I want us to talk about Sunday. Let's talk about the Sunday gathering and what that looks like uh, for Send Network and all the diversity we are as a network. I've heard it said that uh, church is so much more than Sunday, but it isn't less than Sunday. It's more, but it's not less. And, and I think that whether you meet in a house or you meet in a warehouse, the Sunday gathering of God's people is super important to the health of the local church. Uh, but there's all kinds of opinions on what that gathering should look like. And I think especially in the last season we've been in where so many people have not been able to gather on Sundays, it's caused us to step back with new eyes, fresh perspective and say, what do we value here? Why are we doing what we're doing? And so I want to begin uh, with this. Uh, what is Sunday all about? Specifically, who is Sunday for? Is it for the lost person? Is it for the, the already saved? Is it a combination of both and why? Hi, and I know this is really important on your heart right now in this season. So we'd love to start with you, man. Just start mm. us off. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I, and let me go ahead and disclaimer something really quick. I think that we might have different answers on this call. And those people who are listening, leaning in, you might have a different answer as well. And I think we could all end up still being right. And so I think the Bible gives us some freedom on our Sunday gatherings and how we express worship to the Lord. But I think that there's some nuance and some, some freedom there. So I would just say here for Walk Church here in Las Vegas, we have a mixture of both when we come to uh, our planning and our expression. We want to we wanna consider the disciple. We want to consider the lost person. I would even say if we were to have a bent, a little bit of a leaning toward one of the sides, our services would probably have more of a lean toward the lost person. We want to be strong on scripture. We want to preach the gospel regularly, faithfully, clearly from each text that we're looking at each weekend. But we're really considering thinking about the person who's bringing somebody 
for the first time. And so we want to really encourage people to have an evangelistic bent to, to, toward their week. Uh, we want people to be thinking about who are you bringing every weekend? We're saying, Hey, bring somebody, bring somebody. And I, and here's what we, we, we want to encourage people with. We, we can't encourage you and be confident to bring somebody if we're not doing our part to make the most excellent life giving worship experience for the saved person for show, but yeah. also for the, the newcomer and the guest, the lost person as well. So one thing that we consider is that people, people either have one of two thoughts when they come to church. This is something that, that we believe is that they either have one thought is, man, I can't believe this is already over. Or they have, man, I can't wait till this is over. <laughs> so we, we want to try to design a, a service, an experience, whatever you want to call it, a gathering that people are having that first thought. They're thinking, man, wow, that's already over. That was great. The preaching was great. The, the entrance was great. The, the worship was great. I felt like I was seen. I felt like I was known. And so there's a lot of intangibles to make, make that happen. Mm -hmm. But that's what we're thinking on Sunday. We're, we're devoting energy to it. We're praying around it. We're, we're, we have planning meetings for it. We have debrief meetings after it. And so, yeah, Sunday's a big deal in the life of Walk Church. Mm -hmm. How about you guys? I think that's a good, um, a good answer. And I think uh, I would kind of fall in the same lines as you, but let me look at it in a little, from a slightly different perspective. Sure. Like, first of all, you know, when I think about people, I'm going to overgeneralize. I think we put them into four different categories, right? Mm -hmm. You have the skeptic, you have the seeker, you have a convert, and you have a kingdom builder or a laborer. Right. Mm. And so, like, when you think about those four categories and we think about the Sunday gathering, um, we got to recognize that for Blueprint Church, first of all, we say that a call to membership is a call to discipleship. So first mm -hmm. and foremost, we believe that every platform in which we would say Sunday is a platform, just like our city groups wow. are a is a platform, just like our media is a platform. And these are all platforms that we use as tools to disciple our members. So with that being said, that I would say that primarily our focus in desire for all of our members, we want to be a family of missionaries, not a, just simply a family of members. So how wow. do we equip, equip our missionaries, i.e. laborers, kingdom builders, right? So that's what we said, like, how are we going to be able to use our Sundays to equip them with the goal of understanding and being sensitive that they're going to be doing ministry where life exists so that in their ministry through life exists, they're going to be bringing someone on Sunday. So it's, so in a technical sense, it's seeker sensitive, but it's believer focused, seeker sensitive. Like we are sensitive to understanding that non-believers are in the room, but we are there and we're using this primarily as a tool to equip the saints. Mm. Great. Man. Believer focused, seeker sensitive. Come on. I like that. I like that. That, that term seeker sensitive has some connotations. I know it does. Growth movement. That's got I wanted baggage. to say it to get you guys like, okay, what now what? Say it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'm feeling that way too. Uh, I want to say something that's controversial, sound controversial at first to sound like I'm disagreeing big time with you guys. But so I, I have the personal conviction as I look at scripture that the Sunday gathering is for the members of the church. I think the primary purpose of gathered worship is for the members of the church. Sure. Um, but I want to say it within the context of the mission of the church. So here's what I mean by that. At August Gate, it's our mission to be disciples who make more disciples who grow to know, love, and follow Jesus together by His grace. 
And so as we gather on Sunday, we are there to be disciples, but we're also there to make disciples. And as we do that, there's three things we're going to do. Grow to know, grow to love, and grow to follow. And so that obedience and that making more disciples, it means there's connotations for what we do on Sunday. But I'll say it this way. We want to make sure that while we are making things comfortable for the non-believer, we always want there to be lost people. And we expect there to be, because that's our mission, to reach the lost of our community. Uh, but for instance, to use the example of what's been going on in this last year, as we stopped meeting for a while and began considering reopening, we weren't just looking, what, what's the public, what's the world, what's the neighborhood comfortable with? And that's one of the factors that a lot of us thought through, and we did as well. But if the neighborhood had all said, hey, we're comfortable meeting with no masks and no social distancing, we still wouldn't have done that because a lot of our members weren't comfortable meeting without masks and without social distancing. And so we said, we have to make sure that our gathering allows for our people, our members who are locked arms and are covenanted together to be together and that they have the ability to grow to know, love, and follow Jesus together by his grace. And then also we're going to do within the context of our mission. And so we would tell our members, well, you're able to do these things, but we might not have your preference of music. You're able to do these things, but we may not have your preference of dress. Uh, I did a membership interview last night, new family that came, and they checked out our church a year ago. And then for the last year, they've been wandering around trying to figure it out. And God eventually brought them back. And they said they had to get over the preference that I preached in jeans that had a tear in the knee when they visited mm. the first time. And they're like, we can't come here. This, this church is wow. liberal. And, uh, they, they actually said that. And then they had to get over that and say, it's not about that. And so all that to say is I would say when we're thinking about it, we want to make sure that our members are growing together. It's accessible to them but also within the context of our mission. So if I look at a church down the road and their church is like, it looks like their whole Sunday thing is just geared towards their members. I can't say that their Sunday's wrong, but I, what I would say is that their mission's wrong. They need to, mm. they need to sharpen up their mission, figure out what God's called them to do. Yes, Got it. Nor, let me ask you this. Are I even heightened? You know, I know principally, uh, you know, the, the scripture says it's the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? Principle, God's word. Practically, how is that different now? Like our, the way we flesh it out, like our philosophies about church and what Sunday is with, like we kind of kick this off with when Sunday for some of us is not even an option. And I think like for me, that gets to the core of it for me specifically, because it's not primarily about Sunday. It's primarily about not forsaking the assembly. Right. Yeah. And I think that that is like, how can we literally be the church and think through like the gathering, us, the ecclesia coming together and, and to be that church. And so how would you guys say that that impact, that the impact you like now, you know, a year into almost a year into COVID versus how we would have answered this question a year ago? That's good. That's good. Good things to think through. I think one, one, one way to approach this conversation is by being intentional with language, mm -hmm. uh, the words you use, like for example, having an online platform, we were trying to consider what do we want to call that? And so on our website, we're thinking about putting the phrase watch live, but then I recognize you can't watch church. You mm -hmm. can attend church. You can join church. You can gather with the church. So we, we chose, we chose to use the phrase join live. And so for those who are online, we want them to be able to say, Hey, I'm joining into this thing and I'm attending as best I can 
online. I'm not just watching. Same with people that are in person, right? We don't want you to just come and watch people. We want you to join in the worship. We want you to join in the gathering. And I think in doing so, you, you end up modeling what you expect other people to do as well. I feel like this day does look different as we're encouraging people to refrain from hugging, touching, physical touch, keep your mask on as best you can. But what I'm emphasizing is, it's kind of like what I hear Dahadi share often, not focusing on anti-vision, but on real vision, on pro-vision, right? And so we're, we're not spending too much time on all the stuff we shouldn't do, although we do acknowledge those things. We're emphasizing, here's all we, we can do, though. And let's lean in to that. And, and again, I would just say one, one thing is, it's just important when it comes to Sunday or whatever day you have your primary gathering that you, tr- you strive to make that mug excellent. Yeah. I, I feel like everything speaks everything speaks. So if you have a dirty bathroom that speaks, I don't care about this area. If the worship team isn't prepared, it speaks, Hey, we weren't prepared for this week for you to come. If, if you didn't work on your message and give that thing time, it speaks, uh, this, this church doesn't value the word like they should. Our greeters, if you guys aren't smiling or if you're just kind of in little clickish groups outside talking to each other, it speaks. We don't care about our guests. And so if we, if we identify everything speaks that the question we should ask is, so what is it actually saying? And I feel like you can get around people in your church that have some ownership are doing it with you and say, Hey, what's our church saying right now? Is our church saying we love people? Is our church saying we honor people? Is our church saying we honor the word? We honor the gospel. And so well, can I, those are just some things. Into, no, this is Go good. Ahead. No, I'm sorry. I feel like I'm taking over your, your role, but the, jump no, in. This pastor. Is, no, Dude, one of the things, one of the things that you mentioned, it really spoke to me. And I really feel like the church and pastors and church planners need to be aware of is that I don't know what it is. I think it's like 21 days or however many days that you form new habits. Now for a lot of us that we are now in multiple months, we're almost in a year, right? And believers are starting to think that online is enough, right? Yeah. And they are to some degree can forsake the assembling, forsake some of the spiritual disciplines. I remember you talking, you know, we had a conversation about kind of even you trying to exhort your church, you know, about not forsaking the assembling and the impact of that. So, because we're talking about Sunday and like, how do we not allow our people to get comfortable kind of in this new normal, right? Because mm-hmm. even the people that are gathering, everybody's not gathering. Right. right. You know, there's a large percentage of our church that is not. And if the stats are right, what Barner basically says is 33 percent of our church is back. Thirty three percent of the church is not, you know, not coming back until there's a vaccine or something. Mm-hmm. The 33 you know, percent of our church is not going to either or they're not going to the online or they're not going to the gathering, you know. And so, like, how have you kind of pressed into that and how have you discipled your church in that around that the mm-hmm. Sunday gathering in that way? And it's been a sensitive topic for us. Uh, we want to take it with grace, but we, and we went for about t- uh, two and a half months of not gathering. So March, April, and May. But by the b- beginning of May, I, as we began to learn more about the virus, you know, use this phrase earlier to Hadi, for those who gathering isn't an option, we got to the point where we didn't believe that statement to be true, that it isn't an option. We just had to say, how can gathering be an option for almost everybody? So before COVID, there's always been churches that have had shut-ins 
I've had uh, people that are in nursing homes that are members, lifetime members of churches. We've had to find special ways to do ministry to them and for them to allow them to be a part of the life of the church. But for the vast majority of people, we found in our context, at least, we're living a pretty normal life. They are involved in activities. They're having people over to their house. They're going places. They're masking up. They're being careful. They're keeping their distance. And we, we began to just have those honest conversations with our members. Now, not non-members, but our members of what's keeping you from coming and what can we do to help you? Now, a few people, it was, hey, there's nothing because I feel like I fall within this this uh, population of people where if I get sick, it's it's bad news. Like, it's just bad news. And we want to honor that and find ways for that to keep them connected. But they, we told them, you have to work to stay connected to them. Like you have got to check in. It can't just be us checking in with you. We've got a two-way street here. But everybody else, we were like, hey, get back, get back. Or what is your plan to get back? Um, you know, for people right now, they're saying, hey, I don't feel comfortable gathering, but I also don't feel comfortable getting a vaccine. I, I would say, what do you feel comfortable with besides maybe just disregarding the Lord's command uh, to work towards this, to make this a priority? So we've had to have some really good, healthy conversations, but we have those with our members. We press in, but it, it's the same thing it always is when people are gone. It's because we miss you, not because we need another volunteer serving the kids. It's because we miss you and you're a vital part of this church. And when you're not here, we all suffer. So I think that's got to be the posture as we, as we press into those conversations. That's good. It's not an elective. And I think that to me is, is really important. Like, and we, COVID has told the church and church members that gathering is an elective. It's right. not essential. It's not a part of the core gathering. It's not the core curriculum. It's an elective. Right. And I think it goes against the very essence of the ecclesia. Now, what does that mean? Does that only mean the application is that you have to come together on Sunday? Not necessarily, but you got to, you like, I think God is still going to hold us accountable. What are you doing with that call to not forsake the assembling? How have you, how are you trying to do that um, in your local context? And I think that that's an important question for us as pastors, planners, and team members to, um, to have to really think about because this is like the gathering is a very core to what it means to be a part of his church. Yeah. yeah Hi, I, I, you talked about language earlier. I think that's super important too, because we have definitions of what church is. We've been telling people for the last 11 years as a church that this is what the local church is and does. And there was never an asterisk for pandemics. Now right. we had to step back and say, what are we dealing with here? And once we realized what that was, we had to say, it's not just about gathering for Sundays. We had to observe the question, what about communion? Like we've mm. taken communion every week for 11 years, right. except for a couple times on Easter, because we knew it was going to be mostly lost people. And we just, we, we have a, a semi-closed uh, table uh, and, and then during pandemic for a few months. So we had to get really creative and say, how can we take communion in a safe way where it's prepared in a sterile environment and it's not a chance for people to cross contaminate. And, and we, we have, and we take communion now every week. And baptisms the same way. Like we can't stop doing baptisms just because right. we're not sure how viruses work in water. Like we got to figure this out. Um, and so we just said, Hey, it may take more work, but the whole church has got to be involved in it. Cause I know that a lot of pastors and planters have yeah. felt the pressure on them to figure this out. But man, we've been so blessed because at our church members came and said, what do I need to do? How can I help? What can I do to make things more accessible? Um, yeah. Even this last week we had to, we had to raise some of our restrictions and policies because of numbers in our area. And people who are like anti-mask were like, I'll wear a hazmat suit if I have to to church. I have to gather. And so, they, you know, they're, they're willing to do so it. So what, what have you seen about that uh, hiding in your context? Have you seen that flesh out? 
Yeah. You know, every, I feel like the, there's, there's so much nuance in it. And I think we need to just as pastors and leaders be flexible and uh, really take a lot of these things to prayer and wise counsel and maybe not be quick to, to speak on some of these items. But, you know, for us, we felt like we want to honor the people that feel led to stay back. And we want to have the dopest, cleanest online presence that we can have. We don't want to just say, oh man, we don't really have the equipment and tools. No, find them. We went and found them. We went and bought them. We wanted to have a strong presence for those who want to stay online. And I think that I've heard that too many times from church planners. It's like, oh, you know, we just, we just kind of prop our phone up and try to just do a live stream. And, and for some, that's which, where you need, but for others, you're being lazy. You got to go find some resources. You got you to gotta tap in and I think try to level up. I know for us, um, you know, we do communion once a month on the first Sunday of every month. And um, what we just decided is, okay, we're going to buy those pre-made packaged communion cups and we're just going to space them all out and have people grab them as they walk in so there's not a passing yeah. Uh, etc. And so we found that to be helpful and we haven't changed that at all. And for those who are online, we're trying to give them a heads up. We're saying, Hey, make sure you grab your cracker, bread, juice, etc. at your home. Let's do this together. And, you know, for our prayer gatherings that we do every Wednesday, we have a prayer gathering service and uh, we're just telling people, Hey, do the same thing that we've been doing, but we're not going to we're not going to come down for prayer and pray over one another. We're not going to huddle up in prayer and pray over one another. So again, we're focusing in on what we can do. We got, we got little signs that we ordered that just say air five, you know, air hug. So we're just trying to help lead people to do what we can do and not just focus in on what we can't do. And and we feel like people have responded well to that Mm -hmm. and, and, and feel let and feel led. And think, I think this is the key point and feel led to say, I could bring somebody here. And I love some of my favorite compliments in church is when people are excited to bring their cousin, excited to bring their neighbor, excited to bring their teammate, excited to introduce them and have them say, man, I've been waiting for this moment. Church was like a breath of fresh air. It wasn't a burden. It was a blessing, but I found that that doesn't happen on accident. It takes a lot of intentionality to be able to have that type of experience. Now, all of us said, when we answered the question, who is the Sunday gathering for? We all said it's for both. It's for the, the members, the disciples of Jesus. Totally. It's also for guests. So what do you think in the, in the season ahead? Like with Sunday changing, with the post-pandemic hopefully coming soon, or even here in the midst of pandemic as we're challenging our members to come back and not forsake the assembly, how do we do that? How do we invite people into that? Do you feel like the world is treating as an elective, or do you feel like you might see some people saying, hey, I want to check out Jesus. Dottie, I'd love to hear what, you, what you're seeing in, in Atlanta. Yeah, I think we're going to have to disciple our people back into the disciplines of walking with God. And gathering is one of the disciplines. It's not, it's, and the, the thing is, is that I think that they know that what they're, what you're currently experiencing online is not what, is not what God also is calling us to do, Right. And, and I think we, we recognize that, we know that. We're studying the prophets right now. And one of the things in the book of the prophet, um, Joel, basically he talks about all human joy has been robbed, right? And I think that that is kind of what we are experiencing. Even 
like our times with the Lord sometimes are just not as good or, you know, because there's something about the word hallelujah, right? The congregational come together to praising Yahweh, to praising Jehovah. And I think that, that there's something there, the reason why that is the highest praise. And I think that as, as pastors and leaders and church planners and planning couples, we have to think through is how do we, how do we sing our hallelujah? Like, how do we, how do we come together and collectively praise our God together? You know, and I just think that, like, to me, it's about establishing a new normal. And when I think about that, it's sort of like in 9-11, when 9-11 came before that with airports, you were able to walk up all the way to the gate with your loved ones. When 9-11 came, we are still able to do the core essentials. We're still able to fly and go places, but we're not able to go. If you're not, if you don't have a ticket, you're not able to go to the gate anymore. You got to drop yeah. them off, you know, um, before the TSA. Like that's the farthest you're going to be able to get into without mm-hmm. any special permission. But we're still able to do the core things. And I think what we have to understand as pastors is like, what's the core essentials of the purpose of the gathering? And there's things that we will continue and there's things that we won't continue. But at the core, I think this is a time for us as a church to reflect on this moment to talk about it, to sincerely reflect on it, to, you know, and then, and to mutually repent. What I mean by that is to wow. see God in a different way and how we can sing our hallelujah. Um, and, and that may be different. It may be different mm-hmm. than what it was pre pandemic. Um, yeah. but we got to get ready for the new normal. That's good. That's good. Hide man. Um, closing word from you on the Sunday gathering, man, you've talked about doing it excellently. Uh, making it accessible to people that are are not uh, not followers of Jesus yet. What, what's one last thing you'd say before we sign off? Hey, you know, one last thing that I would say is create space during the week to pray for the weekend gathering, to mm-hmm. prepare for the weekend gathering, to really lean in and make sure that everybody's ready. They feel like it's game day. They feel like, man, this thing right here, God's going to do a miracle today. Somebody's going to get saved today. I've prepared for it. Oh, my team is ready for it. And take that thing serious at a, at a, a new level. I, I took our staff recently through this book. It's called Becoming a Welcoming Church by Tom Rayner. And um, it's a smaller book. And I just loved how in this book, he just unpacked, here's some principles on how your church can be more welcoming. And those are some items to consider. Everybody loves to be a part of where they feel welcomed. But one thing he says in this book is he says, the average person makes the decision whether they're going to come back to your church within the first 11 minutes. That was when he wrote this book. I've heard other consultants say that it's now in the first nine minutes. So in other words, if you're, if you're the primary preaching pastor of your church, people might've already made their decision before you even get to say, open up to this scripture. And so everything speaks, everything's important. Let's give some time and energy, do it wise, do it responsible, but make sure you do it. We are sin network. Brothers, thank you so much for your wisdom and speaking into this. I know it's going to be helpful for planters all across North America. And those, those that are listening that are pastors or lay people that are just, Hey, I want to help contribute to the Sunday gathering to be effective in worship of the Lord and the drawing of lost people. Hey, thank you for joining us as you've listened again. If you haven't yet, we invite you to subscribe to the We Are Send Network podcast anywhere that you can listen to podcasts, jump on YouTube, get the, get it there as well. 
Uh, we want to continue to level up and help church planters in all these different aspects. If you want to know more information about church planting with the Send Network, you can text the words Send Network to 888-123, 888-123, Send Network, two words, or just get online, SendNetwork.com. And until next time, we are Send Network. You have been listening to We Are Sin Network, a resource of the North American Mission Board. For more information about today's podcast and other relevant resources, visit sendnetwork.com.